Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast with Pastor Hagen Lister. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's Pastor Hagen with today's message. to James, the first chapter. Let's start a new series this morning on wisdom. Amen? Amen. As I was praying, as I was studying for this message, I just felt like the Lord just kind of dropped some stuff in my heart about wisdom. And just as a, as a um, I guess, a, um, a, pre, a preface before we get started into this, kind of what I, my, my line of thinking on this was, um, I was just thinking about all the times that um, the Lord had, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not taking any credit for this at all. I'm saying the Lord gave me supernatural wisdom on certain things. How do you know the Lord has got supernatural wisdom for you? Amen. And giving me supernatural wisdom on things. Um, and, um, and, and I just felt like as I was, I was meditating on that, that he wanted me to, to convey that to you guys because uh, there, may not, there may be some people who don't understand um, that you don't have to just rely on uh, your old noodle or you don't have to rely on just how you feel, amen? Matter of fact, the best thing to do is rely on the wisdom of God. And so I believe that wisdom is one of the most underrated things that Christians pursue from God. You know, we pursue a lot of things from God. How many of you have, and, and I'll, I'm gonna raise my hand, have, have um, abundantly pursued God for his blessing on your life. You go, God, I need this. God, I need that. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, get me out of this trouble. God, get me out of that trouble, right? But I think if we were honest, uh, the, the amount of times we prayed for things versus the amount of time we prayed for wisdom from him probably would be a little lopsided, amen? So I think it's one of the most underrated things that Christians pursue from God, yet it's the most request that... I myself have asked, have asked of people in my life and, uh, and that as a pastor, people have asked of me. And let me explain that. It's the most underrated thing that we pursue from God. But um, me, I have gone and pursued it from other people and other sources uh, a lot. I've gone and I've asked mentors and I've asked people that I respect. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying... I have asked of that from people a lot. What would you do here? What would you do there? How do I need to solve this? How do I need to fix that? And then as a pastor, that's one of the things that I think people come to me the most about is, I got this problem. How do I fix this or how do I fix that? And so it's, it's kind of funny how we'll go to sources, um, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying that most of the time that we go to sources that are not God to, to receive something that God says you can come straight to him for. Amen. Is this okay so far? You know, we always have this, this question. We just want people, just tell me what to do. I tell you, that's, that's probably been um, the worst thing about growing up. How many of you, when you were growing up, um, you know, you just wanted people to tell you their expectations. You wanted your boss to tell you their expectations. You wanted people to just tell you what to do. You know, I wanted, I wanted somebody to just tell me what to do when it came to what I was supposed to do in life. I remember being in high school and thinking, I wish somebody would just tell me what to do, right? And I remember just, uh, like I said, growing up and, and you know, um, I, I, I'll, I'll make a confession. 
about myself when I was a kid, unless my mom or my dad or my boss or somebody told me to do it that very instant, I was not going to do it. I just wasn't going to do it unless they told me to do it. And because I, I guess I always thought, well, if they wanted me to do it, they'll just tell me to do it, right? I remember I had, I had one employer that I walked by something for about three weeks. I knew I'd walk by it three weeks, but he didn't ever tell me to do it. And one day, he pulled me in the office and said, have you seen this? And I said, I said yeah, I, I saw it. And he said, well, I've seen it too for about three weeks. And I was wondering when you were going to see it and do it. So you're telling me you saw it and you didn't do it. I said, no, sir, I thought you would tell me to do it. He said, listen, if I've got to tell you everything to do, I don't need you. And I learned a very valuable lesson that day that I needed to begin to think for myself, that I needed to begin to do for myself, that I needed to begin to not just grasp what people are telling me, but I needed to begin to grasp why I'm doing what I'm doing so that I can be successful in what I do. I see adults all over the place. They don't father correctly. They don't mother correctly. They don't employ correctly. They don't, they're not an employee correctly. Why? Because nobody is standing over them saying, now do this, now do that, now do this. How many of you know that is not a lack of knowledge, that's a lack of wisdom? Come on. It's not a lack of knowledge, it's a lack of wisdom. And same goes for Christians, because a lot of times I think we sit in our, in our pews, me included, I know I'm in the pulpit, but me included, we sit in our pews, and we say, well, I guess if God wanted me to do that, he would just tell the preacher to tell me to do it. No, no, no. We're all grown. Raise your hand if you're grown. If you got bills, you're grown, all right? No matter how you think you are or not. It shouldn't be that the preacher has to come and tell you. It shouldn't be that, that people have to come. It should be that we understand what the Word of God says and because we've sought wisdom, and then we apply that knowledge and we apply that wisdom to our life. Amen? So just tell me what to do. That's what we want. Well, he never did tell me. You know, that's not going to fly with God when you go and say, why didn't you do the will of God for your life? Well, the preacher never told me, or nobody ever told me. He said, well, I told you over and over in the Word, and I told you over and over in your heart. Amen? So... Um, I, also, I can't tell you the amount of times that the wisdom of God has saved me. Anybody in here like that? The wisdom of God just saved you. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit further. Uh, the wisdom of God has saved me in conversations. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect in this at all, but I'm, I'm saying that from an early age, I began to the Holy Spirit would check me when I was in a conversation with somebody. And I'm not saying just about gossip. I'm saying even about um, talk that uh, would, would hurt that person. Anybody ever been in a conversation with somebody and you didn't know them very well, but you thought you knew them because you're getting along and you're laughing and you're having a good conversation, and then all of a sudden you make uh, some kind of opinion or you make some kind of a joke or you, you talk about this, you talk about that, and then all of a sudden their face changes in mid-sentence. And you know, I have just said something. Some of you, it's already happened to your face today looking at me. But that's all right, because I'm preaching the Word of God, and the Word of God says to preach the Word with love, amen, and to correct with love. So even if you do make faces, I'm just going to keep right on going. But I'm talking about in casual conversation. And I remember the first time, it was like a split second before I said what I was going to say, the Holy Spirit said, don't say it. And then that was about as, that just went right out. I'll say this over the years, because of the wisdom of God, my, my tongue has become less slippery. Amen? Because sometimes I'll say things in the privacy 
of my own vehicle or around my family. And my wife looks at me, I said, see that right there shows you I filter real well. What is that filter? The filter is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the wisdom of God, that they know that person. They know who's in the room. They know what's going on. They know how a conversation could either, either help you or hurt you. He knows the conversation uh, with that person uh, uh, of whether or not that is going to help that person or hurt that person. And there's been many times where I have failed in that, and I'm sure I will again. But then there's been also times that I've learned to listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside and say, don't say that. And I'll go, and I'll just, I'll just keep quiet. And then later on in the conversation, something will come out that I know if I'd have said that thing right there, that person would have closed their life off to me because I'd have made some kind of assumption or some kind of a, of, a, of a joke or something like that. I've just learned that God has saved me in conversations because I've learned how to speak with the wisdom of God and not just the wisdom of man. Amen? I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm saying that we can learn that. I, the, the wisdom of God has saved me in all types of decisions, business decisions. And what do you mean by business decisions? Well, there was an opportunity one time where um, it looked perfect. I mean, it looked like exactly what we needed to do. And, I, and I'll just tell you what the, what the uh, situation was. The situation was we had, we had moved uh, to Magnolia and we were in a, <clears throat> in a smaller church um, back behind, like off the, um, off the highway and so we didn't have very good road frontage. Our facilities uh, were going to need major upgrades because of the growth that was going on. But um, there was an opportunity that came my way. A, a minister that, I, that I, I, I love and I respect called me and said, hey, I, and this is his exact words, was, I feel the Lord telling me to call you and that you're supposed to merge churches with that other church. And I said, well, I don't really know what that looks like. Could you tell me what that looks like? And he, he began to expli expri uh, explain what it looked like. And it looked like a really good deal for me. And it looked like a really good deal for our church. Our church is. Because we could help a struggling church that was going down. And then they, could, they had a better facility. They had better road frontage. They had better property and all those things. And then, of course, the people. And um, I went back to pray. And as I went back to pray before making any kind of decision... The Holy Spirit immediately said, and he has to speak to me in words that I understand or language that I understand. And so I understood this real well. He said, don't touch that with a 10-foot pole. That's what he said. Don't touch that. Well, listen, I had, I had some history with that, with that place. So it wasn't that, that I didn't like that place or anything. I mean, I, in my mind, everything was lining up and that would be perfect. But the Holy Spirit said, don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Well, I, I didn't ignore it. I did file it, but I kind of just kept on and kept on praying for it. Well, then the Lord got real specific, and he began to show me what would happen if I made that decision, and I went ahead and did that. And then he asked me, he said, is the cost of what you would have to do or what you would lose worth gaining that building on a road frontage? Or can you believe me that I can do what I need to do from that place that you're in right now? And trust me. And so then I went back, and I, I, I told the man, I said, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to do that right now. I don't feel like it's what, I'm, what we're supposed to do. And we didn't do that. And it was, a, it was one of the better decisions that I'd ever made because if I'd have made that, it, it, I think it would have been a mess. That's the wisdom of God. That wasn't my head because my head wanted to do it. My head thought that this is a great idea. So the Lord will save you in business decisions. He'll save you relationally. Have any, has any of you ever done something that if you would have understood the ramifications of what you just did or what you just said would have produced the results that you got, would you go back and take it back? Oh, multiple, multitudes of times. 
The wisdom of God will help you make a better choice in what you say, a better choice in what you do, a better choice in where you're at and who you're around relationally if you allow him to help you with wisdom. The wisdom of God has, has saved me in the safety department. There's been many times where I've just, I mean, going about my day, I'm normally not like this. It wasn't a scared feeling, but it was a feeling of, of the Holy Spirit just saying, don't go that way today. Slow down right here. I'll tell you one that, uh, that happened to me. Uh, Jackson was a baby, and I think we had taken him to his, uh, his first checkup after he was come home from the hospital. And we were over in Nacogdoches, and we were coming back down Highway 7, and it came a flood. Just all of a sudden came a flood. And so there, it was in, uh, uh, I, I guess it was probably in March or something like that, um, and, and it just came an absolute flood. And I am topping this hill, and I'm telling you that I'm telling you, not like, it was almost like a, like a movie, like a, a movie in my mind. The, the Word of God would call it a vision. I saw a car come over that hill and hydroplane. I saw it. And as soon as I saw it, I put my foot on the brake, and when I put my foot on the brake, a car came over the hill, hydroplane, went right in the ditch in front of us. If I had not braked, I would have been right where that car went across the, the road right there. And, and, ha- and it happened so quick that I didn't really think about it until Christy said, you were braking before that car was even visible. And so then that's when I told her. I said, I saw it happen before it happened. That's not because I'm so good. That's because the wisdom of God wants to keep you safe. Amen? Amen? And we pray that prayer over our life because it's in the word of God that says the angels of God will watch over us and keep us safe from harm. Well, how do you think God's going to keep you safe from harm if you don't listen to the wisdom that he's trying to get to you? Amen? So the wisdom of God can keep you safe. The wisdom of God can give you direction for your life. Knowing that I don't need to be right here. I don't, and that could be either location-wise as far as uh, location uh, geography-wise, or it could be you don't need to be in this group of people right here. You know, a lot of times we think that it's, it's walking out of love to remove yourself from a certain group of people, but it may be the wisdom of God if you remove yourself from a certain group of people. I got real quiet. You say, well, God wants me to be around everybody and love everybody. No, no, no. God wants you to love everybody, but you don't have to be around everybody. Amen? Some people you're not supposed to be around. If we're supposed to be around everybody, then there would be a way to be with everybody all the time. And we know there's not a way to be with everybody all the time. And there are certain times where we put ourselves in a relationship with people thinking it's going to give us a leg up. And what it may do is it may destroy your life if it's not the wisdom of God. There's been many times where I've had the opportunity to be around certain people that would have seemingly boosted my career to certain levels, but the wisdom of God on the inside of me would show me that there's something in that that is toxic that I do not need to be around, and you need to remove yourself from that, and it's been tough. It's been tough because when you, I would never in a million years call that person out or that group of people out or anything like that. I would probably never, unless they just back me in a corner, uh, tell them the real reason why. I'd always just probably just try to make something up because I don't want to hurt them. But at the same time, if the Holy Spirit is telling me to stay away from a relationship like that, then I'm going to stay away from a relationship like that. Amen? I don't have to explain that any further, do I? The wisdom of God has helped me in making decisions about trips. And I, I kind of alluded to that already. But, but seriously, there's been times uh, 
And I don't know the reason why, and we never, there was nothing ever happened, there was nothing ever exposed, but there was a, there was a time where I had let, and maybe it was just new parent, um, you know, uh, psychotic, you know, new parents are psychotic. And uh, we were new parents, and, and, and you know, the first one is, is extremely bubbled and baby. The second one, you're just like, yeah, anybody want to take this one for a couple of hours or weeks, you know, whatever. But the first one, you're like, you know, so, so we let Jackson go away when he was, when he was young, and, and I didn't think anything of it and, or anything like that, but I'm sitting at home, and all of a sudden, I told Christy, I said, we need to go get him. I had to drive all the way to Florida and go get him. Because I just, there was something about, I just did not want him, I just, I don't know what it was. You say, whatever came of that? Nothing. But I just knew that I was supposed to go get him. Why? It was, it was the wisdom of God that I should have listened to at the beginning and, and, and not let him go. But it's been different things like that over the years uh, that I've just, I've just known because of the wisdom of God that I'm not supposed to go there. I'm not supposed to do that. That's not going to work out. That's going to be a waste of time. And, there, and I believe the Lord will allow you to disobey him in times where it's not going to make a huge deal so that you can understand that, uh, how, that, how that plays out. Let me give you an example. There's been times where I wanted to go do this. I wanted to, I wanted to go here. I wanted to do that. And the whole time, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, you don't need to do that. You don't need to go there. You don't need to schedule that trip. And I did it anyway. And the whole time I was there and the whole time I was doing that, I, there was just, I, I just felt like I was wasting time. I did, I did not enjoy myself. Nothing bad technically happened, but I believe it was the Lord showing me that if you will let me direct these things and where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there, I'll make sure that your time is maximized, but you've wasted your time doing this. You wasted all that time planning ahead of time. You wasted all the money getting to that ahead of time, and it was not where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. I believe he'll, he'll, he'll give you those times where you can see those things so that way when there's times where something catastrophic could happen, you'll listen. Amen? You'll listen. So the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God has helped us over and over with child raising. You say, how with child raising? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of times where I think when you, before you're a parent, you just think that there is a um, you know, there's like one of like two or three options that you can do when disciplining children, when raising children and, and, and things like that. But how many you know you've got to raise children in conjunction with the wisdom of God or, or it's not going to turn out real well? Amen. You say, please explain. Well, before I was a parent and I would be sitting in a restaurant and a, and a kid would be screaming to the top of his lungs, running all over the place. You know, some of y'all's kids, I've seen you at the restaurant. I would think to myself, just beat it. It'll, it'll act better. Well, I found out in a, in a Cheddar's re, uh, bathroom that just beating Jackson would not make him stop crying at the dinner table. Right? I found out sometimes you just have to go home if you want everybody else to be able to eat in peace. But what I'm saying is there's been times that's, that's kind of outlandish and kind of funny, but there's been times where on paper, on paper, my children should have been crucified. They should have been grounded. They should have been, you know, like y'all say after two or three weeks, what happened to your kids? Well, we had to send them away. I mean, that, that you know, where you just want to beat them. 
and you want to ground them and you want to give them the harshest punishment ever. And the Holy Spirit will say, this is a time for mercy, not justice. And those are the times if you don't listen to those, you can ruin your kids because you didn't, didn't discipline the way the Lord wants you to discipline in that moment. I'm not saying that I, I, I don't believe in spanking or anything like that or punishments. I'm saying that the Holy Spirit wants to help you. The Holy Spirit needs to help some of y'all to go ahead and discipline that child instead of giving y'all give them too much mercy. So you done gone to meddling now. The wisdom of God will help you deal with manipulative people. And this is something we need to unpack here because it's something that the wisdom of God has saved me from time and time again. Manipulative, manipulative people are some of the hardest people in the world to deal with. And the reason why is because they're manipulative. <laughs> they're, not, they're not forthcoming. They're not straightforward. Um, what they say is not what they mean, and what they mean is not what they say. And there's been many times where I have known that I was dealing with a manipulative person, and, I, and I've not quite known what they were after, but I knew that uh, I was dealing with somebody like that, and, but I wanted to deal with it this way, or I wanted to deal with it that way, and the Holy Spirit would say, no, 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 if you do that, I'm telling you, as, as God is my witness standing right here, I'm telling you, I have wanted to deal with a manipulative person this way. And the Holy Spirit said, if you do that, then they're going to do this. And if you do this, they're going to do that. And then it's gonna, you're going to turn out on the wrong side of this thing. But if you'll just do what I tell you to do, I'll help you navigate this. I'm telling you, I don't know if there's another person on the face of the earth. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not this arrogant. But, but I'm just, I'll just say it this way. I don't know that there's another person on the face of the earth that has frustrated more manipulators than me. I will, if, you, if you're a manipulative person, I will frustrate you. Because I'll never get, give you what you're after. And I will never show you my cards. Because if I give you too much information and I give you too many of my cards, you'll use those to attack me. And you know why I will frustrate more manipulators than anybody else? Is because I'm not playing the game with my wisdom. I'm playing with the wisdom of God. I had a situation one time where we had this lady on stage and um, <clears throat> the Lord loved her voice, I'm sure of it. But the mic wasn't hot. You know what I'm saying? And the person controlling the sound ended up being a pretty manipulative person, over the, you know, figuring that out over the years. And he knew we had an agreement. That voice is in her ear only, not out there. And so this person was, was trying to, uh, it, it, it had not turned, it turned a little sour between us because I, I called the person out on a few things. <clears throat> so this show you how, how, how manipulative this person was. So one service, we're doing praise and worship and I started looking at people's faces. This isn't here, by the way. It's not. <laughs> it didn't happen here. So I'm, I'm looking at the faces of the congregation. Everybody's going like that. So I, I take out my, my in-ears, and all I can hear 
is this woman. That's all I can hear. It's loud, really loud. And, and so at first I'm like, huh, well, that's different. And then all of a sudden I, look, I looked over at them and they're just looking at me, just turning it up. And so after service, I thought, I'm going to see if what I think is happening is happening. So our soundboard had, um, uh, had, has memory in it. So when you turn, it doesn't matter if you turn it off. When you turn it back on, all the levels are where it was when you left it. So I went back there and I turned, I turned the level on. I turned the soundboard on and her slider was to the moon. And everybody else's was down. So then I knew. So... I'm thinking, I'm thinking, he's just trying to aggravate me. That's why I saw, I think it's just, it's just there. He's trying to aggravate me. And the problem was, I was playing checkers and he was playing chess. You know what I mean by that? He was trying to be three or four steps ahead of me, and I'm just trying to deal with the problem as it comes. I'm like, why would you do that? I mean, if you're aggravated with me, just tell me you're aggravated with me. So I took a picture of the slider, and I was about to send it and say, hey, bro, what's up? And right before I sent it, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. He said, because when you do that, he's wanting you to call him out on that. Because what he's going to do after that is the next service, he's going to turn her all the way off, and he's going to turn her off in her ears. And when she goes to him and says, why can't I hear myself? He's going to say, because Pastor Hagen don't think you can sing, and he doesn't want you turned up. I didn't think that. But that's the way a manipulative person thinks. So I never said a word. So then the next service... Somebody that was new on stage had a bass guitar. And they were okay. They weren't the greatest, but they were okay. Turned the bass all the way up. All you could hear was bass. Never said a word. I just played like it didn't even happen. That person set the iPad down, because that's how they were mixing, and stormed out of the sanctuary, because I... Not me, the wisdom of God will frustrate a manipulator. You want to deal with a manipulator in your life. You let them do all the talking. You let them do all the actions. And you listen to the Holy Spirit on how to deal with that. And then I tell you, the, the, the hardest part about dealing with a manipulator is they will make you feel absolutely crazy. But you go back to God, you go back to the wisdom of God, and you just endure because I will, I'll guarantee you this, when you don't do what they think you should do, it will frustrate them to no end until they just quit and give up. Amen? Is that okay? I'm telling you how to use the wisdom of God in your life. There's a huge impulse, I think, right now in this world to really just kind of freak out because of the things that we're seeing right now in this world that we're living right now. But now more than ever, the people of God have to seek out and operate in the wisdom of God. Now more than ever, we've got to seek out and operate in the wisdom of God. I see people getting their wisdom to endure the days that we're living in from all kinds of weird places except for the Bible and except for prayer. So desperate times, they say, call for desperate measures. But this is what I'm going to say this morning is that desperate times call for calculated measures beyond the wisdom of man and direct from the throne of God. 
Can I say that again? People say desperate times call for desperate measures, but I'm saying this morning, and I believe the word of God's backing me up this morning, say that desperate times call for calculated measures beyond the wisdom of man and that the, the wisdom that comes directly from the throne of God. Do you believe that you could have wisdom that comes directly from the throne of God? Amen? I believe it, and I'm going to show you here, here in just a minute. Go to James. Are you in James, the first chapter? Watch this. One of my favorite scriptures. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, how many of you lack wisdom in any area of your life right now? If any of you lack wisdom, so I'm in good company because there's some things I'm lacking wisdom in. I mean, I don't know what to do. I think one of the best things that somebody told me about when I was pursuing what I was supposed to do with my life is I went to them and I said, if you'll just go find me a church and you say that's the church you need to go to, I'll go there. I said, I'm not doing that. You need to get with God and you need to figure out what God wants you to do and you need to figure out where God wants you to be because if I tell you where to go and I tell you where to be in six months when things get bad down there at that church and they will, then you're going to say that, that, that I sent you there and not God sent you there. But if you know God told you, then you can weather out any storm. If you're in a situation right now where you're turning around blaming your wife or blaming your husband or blaming your parents or blaming somebody, blaming your boss and all that stuff, what happened is, is you have been living your life based on what other people have told you and not based on what God told you to do. Because if God told you to do it, then when you get in those situations, you go, no, listen, God told me to be here. God told me to be doing this. And I don't care what it looks like right now. If he told me to be here and he told me to be doing this, then I know that he's going to get me to the place where he wants me to be. Amen? So it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Watch this. And it says, God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him, but let him ask, watch this, this is very key, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So who's the person that should not believe that he'd receive anything from God? It's the one who doubts in his heart and just supposes things are just going to happen. I'll tell you right now, I have been in places where I just supposed things were going to happen because I'm a good person or I did this right or I did that right or I just maybe hoped. I go, well, I just hope things work out. Right here, James says that that type of person is a double-minded person and should not suppose that they'd receive anything from God. But if there's someone who believes and they say that if I'm lacking wisdom, I'm asking of God and I believe that God will give me all the wisdom that I need for this very situation, that person right there is going to have wisdom liberally. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given unto him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So if you're in lack, I'll tell you this this morning. If you're in lack financially, if you're in lack in any way this morning, really what you're in lack of is wisdom. That's what you're in lack of. Watch this. If you're in lack of how to be married, you need wisdom on how to be married. 
And all the married people said, amen. If you're in lack of knowing how to raise kids, you're in lack of wisdom on how to raise kids. If you're in lack of how to do your job, you need wisdom on how to do your job. If you're in lack of how to navigate relationships, manage your money, obtain peace and joy, build that company that you started, then you're in a lack of wisdom. So we think we're in a lack of things. We think we're in a lack of time. We think we have a a lack of finances. We think we have a lack of resources. We think we have a lack of opportunity. But really what we have is a lack of wisdom. In any and every situation, we just are lacking wisdom. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, anything that I've embarked on that I had wisdom on, I never once thought about the resources I didn't have. I never once thought about the money that I didn't have. I never once thought about what somebody should be doing for me that they're not doing. Why? Because I have wisdom to do it. And if you have wisdom to do it, then the the faith of God can come in beside it and begin to walk that wisdom out. But if I haven't had wisdom or I haven't known what to do and when to do it, then all of a sudden I begin to look all around me and go, well, the reason why things aren't happening in my life because they did this and that person did that and this hasn't happened to me. And you know, you know, I, I was, I was born with a, with a bad, with a bad hand. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I just was born with a bad hand or I made some really bad decisions in my life that put me in a place where I'll just never do anything good for God. That is all an attack from the enemy. If you'll just stop where you're at right now and begin to say, God, if I I lack anything, I'm lacking wisdom and I need wisdom right now in this situation. And I know his wisdom is going to get me where I need to be. Amen? Is this all right? I think a lot of times we hear about the promises of God and in the word of God it says all of his promises are in him, yes, and in him, amen. And I've quoted that many times and it's true, but I think a lot of us Just want God to wrap up all these promises in a big bow like Christmas morning and set it out on the front lawn. And when we walk up, wake up, go, oh, there's just a ready-made life right there. And anybody that has ever achieved anything or had success, believe in God, will tell you it does not happen that way. It happens because you begin to pursue the wisdom of God. He doesn't work like that. In the everyday life of the believer, he wants you to be, he wants you to believe for the wisdom and direction and then have the faith to walk that wisdom out. He wants you to learn how to walk as a person of faith, not live a life. Now, now understand my heart from coming from this, but God wants you as a believer to walk as a person of faith and not live a life as a pitiful handout person taking whatever comes down the pipe, supposing that it'll all work out. It's called being on the offensive and not the defensive. Some people just sit there in the defensive and just take whatever comes down the pipe. Wherever the world pushes them. Whatever everybody tells them to do. God doesn't want you to be that type of person. He wants you to be the type of person that has his wisdom and then has the faith to walk that wisdom out. Taking who you are to the world and doing what he's called you to do to the world, not allowing the world to take you out every single day. Amen? Is this all right? Y'all must just be learning a lot this morning. I want you to take a minute and just think of all the decisions. I'm serious. Let's just take a minute. 
and think about all the decisions you've made that altered the direction of your life that were not based in wisdom from God, but your own wisdom or advice from a friend or from an influence. Do you think about all the decisions you made? Now, the great thing is when we make decisions like that, most of the time there's some that forever alter something, not saying that you, that you, you can't be saved or anything like that, but I'm saying that, that created a, a, a very, very different life for you. Don't you think about all those decisions you made that were not based on the wisdom of God, but just on your own feelings, just on your own desires, maybe even out of desperation. I just made that decision because I was desperate. And God understands all those things, but I want, I'm wanting to bring them up, not to bring condemnation. I'm wanting them, I want to bring them up this morning so that you can do a comparison in those and the decisions that you know you made from the wisdom of God. I've known people that have, have made very drastic decisions based on a feeling. And, you, and they would probably say, well, it wasn't an overnight feeling. It was a feeling I felt for years and years and years. And rather than deal with the feeling, they allowed the feeling to push them into places that they know were not places of the wisdom of God. That they were places just to satisfy the feeling. Amen? You know, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. A lot of people know a lot of things. Anybody ever been around know-it-all? I've, I've had the pleasure of being around a few people, never, ever done anything, and I'm not trying to be ugly, but they've never, ever, ever done anything in the ministry. Never. But they know everything about it. They know how to build a church. They know how to pastor. They know how to preach. They know how to evangelize, know how to do that. And then you go, okay, well, where did you do any of that? Well, I haven't done it, but I just know how to do it. I'm like, you had not done nothing. You read some books. You've got some thoughts. You've got some ideas. What I've learned about people who really do know is they're not always telling you what they know. They're, at, they're showing you what they know by doing it, by producing fruit. And so there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is not simply more knowledge. I think the church has shown up over the years for more knowledge. Give me more knowledge. But you know, we need something more than just knowledge because wisdom is simply more than knowledge. Knowledge is new information gained through study consisting of a rich information storage. Let me say that again. Knowledge is new information gained through study consisting of a rich information storage. So I think that's why people, a lot of times, they get to a place in their life as a Christian where they begin. Now, I'm, I understand that you can be a part of some churches and, and some places where maybe they're not feeding you. And I've heard of places like that where people are not getting fed the word. And I understand that completely. But I also understand the, the flip side of that where there's a lot of people who they're just looking for a more information to put in their information storage. They're looking for more knowledge to put in their knowledge storage. They don't plan on using any of it. They just want more of it. And when they tap out or they feel like they've tapped out their pastor's information storage, then they go find another pastor to tap out his information storage. And then when they're done with him, they'll go and say, well, he just wasn't feeding me anymore. No, you got fed every single week. You just never did anything with the food. But that's not how we are around here. We're hearers and doers, not, not hearers only. Amen. 
So knowledge is new information gained through study consisting of a rich information source. Wisdom, on the other hand, is insight, understanding, and accepting of the fundamental nature of things in life. I got a few more. Wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. And, and, and just for fun, here's a good illustration. You probably have already seen this before. So knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are a fruit. How many you know that tomatoes are a fruit? Right? That's knowledge. Wisdom is understanding that they would not be good in a fruit salad. Right? I'll go one step further than that. Philosophy is wondering if tomato, or, or wondering if ketchup is a smoothie. That's philosophy. So, we have to understand that wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Knowledge is realizing the street is one way. That's knowledge. Pulling up to a one-way street and going, this is a one-way street. That's knowledge. Wisdom is understanding that you still need to look both ways. Right? So the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information. Understanding is comprehension and wisdom is application. Knowledge is information. Understanding is comprehension and wisdom is application. The enemy, I believe today, is capitalizing on the vulnerability of our ignorances today. He's capitalizing on a generation's desire to pursue and worship their feelings, to pursue and worship their personal opinions and thoughts above the Word of God, which the Word of God is the wisdom of God. I watched a debate, and I'm not trying to be political, and I hate that I even have to preface this in the church today. It should be understood. But I watched a debate from somebody, and they were, they, there was a person there, and they, he was trying to talk wisdom into a group of people that were transgender. And this one person stood up and gave a very passionate speech. It was not a yelling speech like you normally see. It was not combative, but it was a sincere speech um, about how they were a woman now and because that's how they've always felt and they've always known that they were and that um, this person was accusing the, the, um, the speaker of, uh, they said, um, you said no one would ever see me as a woman, but I have all kinds of friends in my life that affirm and assure me that I am a woman and it goes on and, 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 and all these things. And so the person just politely said, and they said, I, I, think, that you, I think that you ran over your, your answer when you were talking because I would think it was really, really, really weird that if my friends called me on the phone and said, I just want to let you know that I see you completely as a man. And the guy would say, what's wrong with you? Uh, absolutely, I'm a man. He said, so the point that you actually have to have people call and affirm that you are a woman and so then he had, and that's not the point that I want to get to. I'm just, that's just, you know, groundwork there. But what I want to get to is the next part. Because then the person just asked, how do you know, or when did you first know that you were really a woman? This is a man, obviously a man. 
And the person was stumped and said, well, it was about two years ago when I was listening to a person on a podcast from Great Britain, everything just made sense and I started my transformation then. We have a generation that are going against the laws and the nature of God and not to mention the word of God based on a 35-minute podcast where they heard someone's psychotic rantings of how confused they are. And they looked at that person's confusion and decided if that person's confusion matches my confusion, we must not be confused. And I'm not trying to be political here today. I'm trying to prove a point in the fact that we are reaping the repercussions of people that have heard the word of God but never gained wisdom from the word of God. And that's an extreme case that we look at. And because we live in small town America, everybody is on my side probably in this room about those statements that I just made. But I wonder... What things in your life have you completely ignored or began to pursue because you lack the wisdom of God and you're just pursuing your own feelings and desires? Yours may not be as extreme as that, but I guarantee you there's some in your life that you have pursued because instead of using the wisdom of God, you have pursued your feelings, you've pursued your desires, You've pursued your opinions. You've pursued the things that have made you angry instead of the things that should bring you joy in the word of God. Is this all right? So let me ask you a question. When you received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, did you surrender all? Or just the parts of you that made you miserable? Because if you surrendered all, then that means that you surrendered your thoughts and opinions and your feelings too. Because the word of God says that our mind needs to be renewed by the word of God. And if it doesn't match up to the word of God, then we, we need to be about doing it. I'm not saying we're perfect at it, but I'm saying we at least need to not say, well, this is how I think and this is how I want to think and this is my opinion and I just like my opinions and I'm just a very opinionated person and, and, and you know, you're just going to have to deal with my opinions. I don't care if they don't match up to the word of God or not. Or we'll say it a little bit nicer. We'll say, well, I know what the word says, but this is how I feel about that. I know I shouldn't, but. Now, I'm not preaching down at you. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm sitting in the, in the congregation with you because I got the same ones. I know I should, but. But what? I need to make sure that I'm taking those buts and I'm measuring them up against the wisdom of God and say, God, apparently I lack wisdom in this situation right here. And I need some wisdom in my life. Let's get a little bit more of the word this morning. Go with me, if you will, to Proverbs, the second chapter. And we will, we'll leave off on these two chapters right here. They're really short. But Proverbs is the book of wisdom. <laughs> Solomon was supposed to, supposedly, the, uh, outside of Jesus, uh, the most wise person to ever walk the face of the earth. And he wrote these words. Listen to this. 
We'll use these scriptures for the continuing of this, of this series. Proverbs 2, verse 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you, will be, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of, the, of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and judge, justice, uh, equity, and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge in pleasant to your soul, is pleasant to your soul, direction will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with, with her words. I want to stop right there because I want to show you that when you're, de when you're depending on the wisdom of God, God right there says, I will make sure that you are delivered, that you are kept from all of the things that these devious, evil people can do. And I see Christians all over the place, especially in America, because of the things that, that, we, that we see and that we read on social media and all the fear tactics that are there. I'm not saying that all that stuff can't or it even happens. I'm not saying that, uh, I mean, if, if every conspiracy theory out there were true, let's just say it's true. Every single bit of it's true. Let's just say the earth is flat. Let's say that it's whatever, you know, all the things that, that all these people are saying. The only way to protect yourself from all of that is walking in the wisdom of God. The only way is to walk in the wisdom of God. Because it's your decision making. It's my decision making. It's what I say. It's what I do. It's where I'm at and where I'm not supposed to be. That's what causes the issues in my life. But when I walk in the wisdom of God, he knows where I need to be and when I need to be there. He knows what I need to say and what I don't need to say. He knows where I need to stand up and where I need to sit down. He knows where I, I, I need to invest and where I don't need to invest. But what we do is we go around going, just tell me what to do. Just somebody, oh, this guy over here that's living in a hut out in the middle of nowhere, he looks like he's got things really tuned up. And don't get me wrong. There's a little piece of me that kind of likes those Apocalyptic stories where somebody buried a school bus and they live down there and nobody knows where they're at. And Christy's been scared for years that I was going to do that to her. <laughs> Not because I'm in fear or anything like that. It's just like, hey, you know, what if? But then I have to remember that if there is a fear in my life because of all that, it's not coming from the throne of God. Can I say that again? Your fear to make sure that you don't get caught up 
And whatever is about to happen or is happening to this world is not coming from the throne of God. He's not given you a spirit of fear, but one of love and power and a sound mind. And the wisdom of God will keep you in a place where you don't have to be fearful. It'll keep you in a place where you don't have to rant and rave, but that you can be in the wisdom of God. And when you have the wisdom of God, people will begin to see something's different about you. It seems like when everybody else is sinking in the mire and the muck and drawing up on this side and drawing up on that side, it kind of seems like you're floating above it, not because you're somebody great, but because you've asked, as Peter asked Jesus, can I come out there and walk on the water? And he said, yes, come on, come on out here. We don't have to be down in it. We don't have to be down in it. He's not called us to be down in it. He's called us to be in a place where we can help other people that are down in and out of it. Is this all right? Proverbs 3, and then I'll be done. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Watch this. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. What will? His laws and his commands. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor uh, detest his correction. I would say that this is a very corrective message this morning, and I don't want you to detest it because right here it says don't detest that. It says, for the, whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways, uh, her ways are ways of uh, pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discernment so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, and will not, uh, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will uh, be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Uh, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is, uh, when it is in, the in the power of your hand to do so. 
Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways for the perverse person is an uh, abomination to the Lord but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the Word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times, on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.